just awesome to see everybody, um, to worship, tell a few stories, which I'm going to start out with a story. And I may get in trouble. Usually, usually I ask before I tell a story. <laughs> And get permission. Uh, this morning I, I haven't asked, but uh, I've told it before, so I think she'll be okay. If not, Charlie or John, y'all still do some marriage counseling, maybe? <laughs> Man, I've got a wonderful wife. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> She's so forgiving. Uh, <laughs> She's one of the most intelligent people I, I know. She's Again, made one bad decision I know of in her life, but I'm here to represent that. But uh, <laughs> that's what she said. It is what it is. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, um, she's a little bit impatient, though. A little bit impatient. Um, but man, she's a great wife and mother. Have I told you? <laughs> I mean, awesome. We waited. Like 14 years before we had a, a child. We had been married for a long time. Her goal was to get me raised first, and she gave up. <laughs> she gave up on that. And uh, so when we got Abby, man, it was, well, you know, you, the ones that have children, you know how special it is. Especially when you wait that long. And, and this one time, Abby was, she, she'd been sick. She'd had the flu. And hadn't eaten in a few days. I can't remember how old she was. She must have been three, four, somewhere in there. Because she could talk. Um, but all of a sudden, she hadn't eaten in days. And all of a sudden, she told her mom that she would like a boiled egg. So her mom's like, yeah, yeah, I've got to get her a boiled egg. I want You know how long it takes to cook a boiled egg? No matter, it's 11, 12 minutes, exactly. And once that water is boiling, you cannot speed that process up. Because once the water gets to a certain temperature, it evaporates. And, and, and again, the water in the pan is just 100 degrees Celsius or 212 degrees Fahrenheit. It does not get any hotter and stay in that pan. You cannot speed that up. And microwaves are good for a whole lot of things. You can do so much with a microwave. You can't speed up boiling an egg. But I, I was in my office doing something, and... Um, I heard. I, I came out, and I'm walking through the kitchen. <laughs> She's laughing. That's a good sign. <laughs> and there was an explosion, and I got hit in the head. I had <laughs> one of the things that's wrong with me. Uh, I got hit in the head with the corner. I got a scar actually from the corner of the microwave. Because it blew open. The door blew open, and I, I got hit right here, and I went to the floor, and I'm telling everybody to get down. We have been bombed. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. And again, I told you a story about I wasn't blind, but I shut my eyes, and I did not want to open them. I did not know what was going on. I'm just yelling for Abby and Rodney to get down. Something's happening. We're being attacked. <laughs> and 
And then they, I hear them, and Abby actually felt like coming down, and, and, and I hear them coming through the kitchen. I'm like, okay, everybody's okay. I would have done anything to make everything okay in that moment because I really thought something bad was happening. And I looked up, and Rhonda's just calm as she can be. And she looks at the microwave, and she says, you know what, you can't boil an egg in the microwave. <laughs> and I said, no, no, you can't. But at that moment, and you talk about the beauty of a Savior. Rhonda was like a Savior when she told me that's what it was. I'm like, my goodness, we're going to be okay. As soon as you help me get these eggshells off my eyelids, we're going to be fine. <laughs> True story. But I yelled out. When I was under that table, I thought I was in trouble. I thought everybody was in trouble. I yelled out for somebody to save me. And there she was. And she told me exactly what had happened. I was so relieved. And, and this morning, I want you to think about a time that you, need, you thought you were in trouble, or maybe you were in trouble. You were in despair, and you reached out for a Savior. You needed somebody to come and rescue you to relieve you from your despair. And that's the picture I want you to have in your head, and in your head as I read this story and as I, as I deliver this lesson. I'm going to read from Mark. Chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. We okay, honey? All right, good. All right. They came to Jericho. As he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting at the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for that scripture. Lord, thank you for that word. I just uh, thank you for always being there when we need you, when we need that, uh, that comfort, Lord. I just pray that uh, as we go through this lesson, Lord, that uh, as we study your word, Lord, that you, you fill the hearts of the people here and the people listening online, Lord, that they receive the message that you intend for them. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. No power surge this morning, but uh, we're in good shape. The beauty of a Savior. Think about that. Think about that picture. The beauty of a Savior. A little background on the story. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem 
where he was going to be rejected, he was going to be turned over, he was going to be betrayed, and he was going to be crucified. But on his way, they go through Jericho, which if I'm not mistaken, is about 15 miles north of Jerusalem, and it's a beautiful city. Matter of fact, it's called the Oasis, or the City of Palm, the City of Palm Trees. Matter of fact, it was kind of a resort town. If I, King Herod had a place in Jericho. So there were some fairly well-to-do people who lived in Jericho during this time. And the beggar, the blind man, was not there by chance. He was there strategically, was there to ask for money. He was there to ask for money. And again, it was a good spot because there were some fairly well-to-do people who would travel through there and and would offer alms and and, and help uh, people in need out. See, matter of fact, all of Israel was on its way to Jerusalem because it was Passover. Earlier, when Jesus was um, on the way to the city, he um, ran into a rich man named Zacchaeus, and he gave him some healing as well. But now he's passing by, and this blind man is yelling to him. Put yourself in that spot. What are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? When you're in this condition that you weren't relieved of, who are you going to cry out to? I don't know a lot about Bartimaeus' background, but he knew who Jesus was. He had heard that Jesus of Nazareth could help him. And I know a little bit about his condition. I know that he was blind. I know he couldn't see, and, and, and that was a common ailment during that day. But I also know he was a beggar. He couldn't work. He was there to receive money and to receive things to live on because he couldn't work. There were no no social programs. He couldn't do anything but beg if he wanted to eat. So that's why he was there, and that's the condition that he was in. But again, I want us to put ourselves in that position. Even though physically we may not be blind, spiritually we're often blind. And before we accept Jesus Christ, we're totally in darkness. You see, Bartimaeus had a problem with his optics. But a lost sinner, someone who hasn't accepted Christ, has a problem with their soul. Bartimaeus had something wrong with his eyes. But the lost sinner, someone before they accept Christ, they have a problem with their heart. You see, Bartimaeus would have used his eyes if he could have. But he couldn't. You see, people who are living in sin, people who haven't accepted Christ, they can't even see the horrors of sin that they're in. They can't see their sinful deeds. They can't see what the sin is doing to them. They can't see the lost years, the wanted days, the ruined lives, the pain, the sorrow, the sadness. When you're spiritually blind, you cannot see those things. And what you really need more than anything is the beauty of a Savior. Someone who can take that sin, take those afflictions away. For Bartimaeus, he needed his sight. He wanted his sight returned. I'm here today worshiping with you because of one thing, and that's that God has allowed me to see his grace. I have experienced the grace of God. I've seen his love. I've seen his forgiveness. I know what I am without him. I'm worse than blind without him. 
Not only when we're in that position spiritually, we're not just blind, we're also beggars. We're looking for things to fill our gaps that we, that we have that, that, that can't be healed by anything but a Savior. You see, Bartimaeus was in sad condition. But again, before we accept Christ, before we see the beauty of a Savior, we're in worse condition than he was. You see, a lost sinner is blind. He can't see God. The lost sinner is deaf. He can't hear God. Spiritually crippled, cannot run after God. Works with a defiled mind, cannot even think about God. That's how we are before we accept Christ. That's the condition that we're in. That's our spiritual blindness. We can't see or sense or feel or know or desire God or know His love. Or we can't come to God on our, on our own. We have to have His love and grace. Again, before we accept Christ, we're in a tragic condition. Bartimaeus, again, he was blind. And he made a passionate cry. It could be heard. Again, he's, he's sitting there begging. He heard that Jesus was near. So why did he call out to Jesus? Again, somebody had to tell him about Jesus and his power and, and everything. He knew who Jesus was, but he had never experienced Jesus. He had never he had never came to, come to a relationship with Jesus. Even though he knew who he was, he knew who he was enough to call out, but he had never experienced that love and grace. He says, if Jesus can do all things, if he can heal, maybe he can heal me too. You see, Jesus passes by us all the time too. He's here. He's with us. Can we, when we need him, do we cry out for him? When we're spiritually blind, when we're in that case where, where things look hopeless, who do we look for for that relief? Who do we look for for that love and grace? When Bar Bartimaeus cried out, the crowd told him to be quiet, not to bother him. Pretty much the crowd told him he was not worthy to cry out to Jesus. We live in a world right now when we're crying out to Jesus, people try to quieten us too. People trying to quieten us. They, they try to get us to look for relief. They try to get us to look for things to give us comfort in other places. When we need to cry out for Jesus, don't let anybody stop you. When you need Jesus, cry out. He will hear you. He will stop. And he'll give you the comfort and healing that you need. You see, when people are lost and when people are in, in spiritual darkness, when they can't see they have to have the beauty of a Savior. He has to come around. Again, we may be looking in despair spiritually. We may be, in, we may have been Christians a long time, but every now and then we go into to, to a spiritual darkness. Every now and then we forget whose we are. And we need that healing. When the microwave blew up on me, I didn't know what was going on. I would have reached out for anything. I was in despair. I didn't realize that I'd be telling jokes about it. I really thought, I really thought the world was ending, as I knew it anyway. Have you ever been like that spiritually? Have you ever been spiritually or emotionally in a position where things are going on around you, 
and all you see are those things. And you're looking for a Savior. You're looking for a Savior. And when you first catch that glimpse of Jesus, that relief that's only available through Him, Scripture says that Bartimaeus threw off his cloak to get to him. He wanted everything away from him. He just wanted to get to Jesus. He didn't want anything inhibiting him to get to Jesus. Sometimes we need to throw things down in order to rely on Jesus. We need to just be there and, and, and experience that beauty, that beauty of a Savior. Again, Bartimaeus needed a Savior that day. He needed to see the beauty of the Savior. He couldn't physically see, but spiritually he couldn't see either. And Jesus told him that he was going to be healed, he, that he was healed because of his faith. Are you ready to put your faith in Christ? Are you ready to put your faith in, in Christ? Christ can heal you. He has a cure. It's a personal cure. It's a powerful cure. But we need to put our faith in him. See, when we come to Jesus and accept him as our Lord and Savior, we get a glimpse of that beautiful Savior. We get a glimpse of what he can do for us. But he's here to offer us that relief now. Again, often when we think about eternity, we think about after we pass away. But I'm here to tell you this morning, when we accept Christ, our eternity begins right now. We're in the midst of eternity. It doesn't mean we're not going to go through times and trials and, and, and hard times in this life, but we need to be living like forgiven people. John 10.10 10 tells us that the thief comes only to come, to come steal, kill, and destroy, but I come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, when we start looking for Him as, for our solutions and for our healing, and when we recognize that we're spiritually blind and we call out to Him, He's there with that abundant life. He's there to not make us better. He's there to make us whole. He's there to make us whole. When Jesus saves our soul, He saves it forever. When He gives us that healing... He gives us that spiritual healing forever. I want to end by asking a few questions. The first one is, are you saved by His grace? Have you experienced that? Have you called on that Savior, that beautiful Savior? Have you seen the beauty of Jesus Christ? And if you haven't, He's near. You can call out to Him. He's here right now ready to save, ready to give you that spiritual healing that you so desperately need. We need to do exactly what the blind beggar did. We need to call out today to Jesus. Not let anybody or anything hold us back. Whatever holds us back, take it off and throw it down and look at the beauty of a Savior. We need to trust in Him to wash away our sins. We need to trust in Him to give us eternal life. We need to trust in Him to give us the comfort that we need right now. Are you ready to receive your sight? Are you ready to experience the beauty of a Savior? Again, sometimes when we're on this Christian walk, and we've been on it a while, a while sometimes we let things creep in our way, the way of 
uh, or in between us and our relationship with Christ. If you need to throw some of those things down today, I pray that you do it. You call on His name. And allow Him to take those things for, from you. Again, we need to see the beauty of a Savior. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for saving us. Lord, thank you for every time that we call on you. You're always there. Again, Lord, thank you for saving our souls. Thank you for giving us that spiritual sight that when we're blind, when we're wandering around in darkness, Lord, you can give us that spiritual sight that we need. You can give us that hope, that comfort. You can show us that love and grace that we don't deserve, but through you we can experience. Lord, again, just thank you so much for this church and this community. In Jesus' name, amen.